0: hey everybody this is christopher before the episode gets started i wanted to drop in and let you know that this review of tick tick boom was recorded before the world found out that steven sondheim had passed away given sondheim's connection to the story and to jonathan larson who the story is about you might expect it to be a topic that would be covered over the course of the episode of course it was not Uh, we wanted to acknowledge that up front and uh, now we'll present the episode as it was recorded enjoy Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Spoiler Warning Podcast. This is review number 690 with a review of Tick, Tick, Boom. I'm Christopher Schnasey.
1: And I'm Stephen Miller.
0: And if you're joining us for the first time, the Spoiler Warning Podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week in the show, we're going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest films coming to a streaming platform near you. Um, This week, this film came to Netflix. Um, So to start this off, Stephen, do you have any familiarity with the works of Jonathan Larson um, before sitting down to watch this movie? (laughs)
1: not really. I mean, I I watched the film version of Rent uh early this year. I think it was this year with Joanna um just to see it. Like she she had nostalgic <laughs> feelings for some of the songs. Um at, at the wedding, we played Seasons of Love, which was supposed to be somewhat joking because it had been a year since the engagement. Um and she was shocked that I somehow managed to you know, be in high school in the 2000s and had not seen Rent or heard any of the songs other than Seasons of Love. Yeah. So sat down, watched it, thought it was not great, uh, but the, the songs were <laughs> catchy. Um, that's the only thing I knew about Jonathan Larson. Like, I didn't know anything about Tick Tick Boom until like a few days before it was coming out when I received a link to a Netflix screener and I was like, oh, screener. Okay, let me Google this and see what it is. So I have no real familiarity at all with it. Uh, just enough to know, like, what his musical style sounds like from the, like, three Rent songs that I remember.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, I also saw the um, film version of Rent, um, and I remember Seasons of Love, and then the one song, like, the tango Irene or Maureen. Or...
1: It's called the tango Maureen. Mm. I like the. There's one when uh, uh, the two lesbian women are singing like "Take me or leave me or take me for what I am," and that's a fun one. And then there's one that's like "Out Tonight," where Rosara Dawson is like howling at the moon, like "How tonight?" And that's a, <laughs> that one's a banger. Nice. <laughs> oh, and um, "La, La Viva Am." I remember that one too. Gotcha. But yeah,
0: uh, it, it's it's not a a thing that I've watched a million times. I I know I. I seem to have absorbed it as being, like, a, a highly regarded uh, musical. Um, but it wasn't yeah. something that I had ever really um, paid too much attention to. And I think that, you know, when <laughs> when we decided we are going to review this, um, I didn't really know what to expect. Because I was like, I don't know who the fuck Jonathan Larson is. And uh, watching a weird sort of, like, self-referential biopic about a guy that I have know nothing about... Um, seemed like kind of a a weird endeavor to sort of get involved in um so uh so but we did it and uh we're either better or worse for it and we're definitely gonna find out
1: (laughs) yeah i'm excited to find out
0: (laughs) all right let's take a listen to the trailer for tick tick boom and then (laughs) we'll give you a review Welcome, I'm Jonathan Larson. I am 29 years old. I work at the Moondance Diner. Okay, one sec. Do we take reservations? No, we do not take them. We're, we're a diner. I have
1: an original rock musical. Hey, boy genius. And I have spent the last eight years of my life writing. He's getting out, you're going to be rich and famous.
0: And rewriting.
1: you crack it yet? Oh, I'm getting so close. And rewriting. Can I hear it?
0: Any day now.
1: Eight years! And the time keeps ticking. Tick, tick. You need to ask, are you letting yourself be led by fear or by love? Fear! A hundred percent fear. I don't know what the show is. Why do we play with fire?
0: Happens and nothing changes. What then, Jonathan? Maybe I'm
1: just wasting my time. Do you know how many Jonathan Larsons there are? One. Why should we face a trail? There's not
0: enough time. I went to three friends' funerals last year, and
1: nobody is doing enough. I'm not doing enough. Try writing about what you know. What does it to wake up generation It would be a tragedy to give up what you have Take and Fear all love, baby
0: Don't say the answer Actions speak louder than louder No They Things speak louder, louder Keep going, so that was the trailer for tick tick boom um it is the sort of uh, mostly autobiographical story of jonathan larson as he was working on this uh you know it's sort of the last few weeks before his presentation of this big rock opera sort of thing musical that he's been working on for the last five maybe eight years of his life um and uh yeah that that's what it is <laughs> steven miller what did you think of tick tick boom
1: uh, so i watched this movie twice and it was not because i loved it <laughs> um <laughs> the the first so i i mentioned i i received a screener for this uh and netflix screeners have this thing where it just starts when it starts like you have to get in there if you're two minutes late then you are two minutes into the movie um and we have a meeting that goes from four thirty to five thirty. that i thought would end early and it did not end early and so i wound up Running from my apartment at five twenty five to pick up dinner and run back for this five thirty screening, uh, which means by the time I started watching the movie, it was probably like five minutes in already, which means it lost the framing device of <laughs> this is Jonathan Larson doing a one man show yep. um, and without that framing device, I was just so confused <laughs> 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 i mean. Like, there are so many... It's obvious what it's doing. Like, it was signaling, oh, look, this is a performance and it's also his life. But there was something about, like... I was in a very hurried mindset and it took a while to adapt to the grooves of the movie. And it was so sentimental in a way that I was like, I am not buying this. I don't get it. Are they being real or are they being fake because they're trying to have real sentiment? But then I'm seeing Vanessa Hudgens smiling on a stage with him, singing about it. Like... I was just all mixed up Um, and I decided like that's not fair to the movie. I don't want to be the kind of guy that like runs and is hurried and doesn't pay attention to the first like 15 minutes of the movie because I'm disoriented. Let me give another try. Let me see if Joanna wants to watch it, you know, on Friday. And so I rewatched it. I sat through this movie that I did not especially like the first time.
0: (laughs) And I watched it again (laughs) with Joanna.
1: And I liked it a lot (laughs) the second time. Um, It really, really grew on me. Uh, Maybe this is me being impressionable because I I saw that other people were enjoying it and that made me want to give it a fair shake, which I will put my critic creds away. Like, I don't have them. I shouldn't be swayed (laughs) by other people. But going in in the mindset where I like... I, A, knew what the framing of the movie was and where it was going to go and got to just enjoy it as a one-man show. Um, I, I quite liked it. Uh, it is definitely very sentimental. I think in our review of In the Heights, I compared it to Rent in a negative way where I said, like, look, one of those openly sentimental things that is probably so hard on its sleeve and it thinks it's being profound, but it isn't. The the culminating song in this movie is exactly that kind of thing. Like, what does it take to wake up a generation? Like, it isn't saying anything, um, (laughs) but it feels moving. And I, I think this has a little bit of that in the Heights also has a little bit of it. It's clear that uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda was inspired by Jonathan Larson's style. And he kind of is the guy who carried the torch further of, like, I am going to make musicals about my generation and about people in my neighborhood and what it means to them. Um, setting aside all the, like, sentiment, though, which isn't usually my thing, the music kicks ass in this movie. I really enjoyed the music in this movie. Yeah. Um, it it works Even when it shouldn't, like the turducken of this movie, of it being a (laughs) biopic wrapped in a one man show, like should undercut the emotional heft of what is going on, but it, it, didn't for me at all there's there's a song called johnny can't decide that is literally like he can't decide what to do next the lyrics are so straightforward to the point of being like a parody but i felt like very emotionally invested just watching andrew garfield and vanessa hudgens like perform on a stage while other andrew garfield rides around new york not being able (laughs) to decide what to do um (laughs) there is a song called therapy that is an argument is happening in the movie, and on stage, he is doing a reenactment of what an argument is that I thought was very funny. <laughs> is this I, the I, I thought, that you thought? Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I got yeah. mad when you got mad that we... And then it gets it's more one frantic. of my favorite songs in this movie. <laughs> it's great, yeah. It, 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 it's really uh, great. I was also thinking, uh, because I know you were a fan in Dear Evan Hansen of the song That Is Sincerely Me, I feel yeah. like this has a few things like that because it's doing the kind of... Unreliable narrator there's the song about the new apartment that is very similar in style there's the yeah i don't know it, it, it it's all very f- fun, I think, and so, what is interesting is you mentioned this is a biopic of a person that you have no f- prior fondness for or awareness of. I feel the same way, and this is so clearly a movie that is infused with whatever Jonathan Larson was that I can like recognize that even though. My only real touchpoint for him is, like, uh, there are vocal choruses that remind me of Rent. And sometimes, like, the chords are augmented and it goes up when you think it's going to go down. And, like, there are little things that I'm like, oh, that must be his thing. Um But the movie just feels very... It's very earnest. I don't think Lin-Manuel Miranda knows how to do anything else. And that probably means he will never make something I would deem as great great because he's too hard on your <laughs> sleeve all the time. But... I was just I was really charmed by what this movie was doing, and I think the way it wraps its different narratives together is very clever and feels like an honest presentation of the life of this person and the work that he did and i just I was charmed by it, and i've been listening to the soundtrack like all weekend <laughs> um, yeah i don't know i I like it i 'm glad I gave it a second watch because i I enjoyed it much more when I had time to just be pleased by the music rather than worrying about what the movie was doing.
0: I, I love the idea of you getting all the way to the end of this film and being like, but why is it called Tick, Tick, Boom? Because
1: <laughs> you <laughs> missed that first five minutes. Yeah, I missed it. It was like Calvary. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's
0: amazing. Um, all right. So so for my thoughts on this film, I think that uh, this, film, this film is asking a lot, I think. Um, this film is a one-man show that was turned into a three-person show that was adapted into a film all about the making of a rock musical that was not uh viable to be made (laughs) into an actual production um and all of that is at the same time (laughs) like yep. e- e- even the fact that this is like when we were seeing the one-man show we're watching the three person show but when it was a three-person yeah, they're, show they're kind of it,
1: fudging to make the one man and three person be the same thing because yeah, it's just yeah. too much to keep track Cause, of
0: because one of those people weren't, weren't there <laughs> when yeah. the three-man show was a thing. um but uh all that being said this movie's fucking great <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um i i did not i was not excited at all when we sat down or when when i sat down to watch this and i just watched it last night um but i didn't really know what to expect um i kind of like watched a trailer like literally before i was about to start the movie so i at least had like an idea of the tone and stuff and i think that as, as steven said like this is a film that like Soaks up all of what Jonathan Larson probably was and then just squeezes it out all over you and you you kind of (laughs) get to experience this like like I I don't even like here's the thing I want to see that other opera the I want to see the rock musical he was making. I don't know what it is I guess it's some like future sort of thing about like and that's the thing is you are watching You are watching a person writing songs that you have no context for how those fit into a broader narrative, but on their own, they're great songs. Like you're like, this is great. I like, I like this song, even though this is a song being sung about making a song that is in a thing that you are not, like one of the best songs in this thing is the one that you were joking about earlier, which is the song that he couldn't write. Yeah. And it was, like, literally, like, like the night before the performance, he finally writes the song. And that song is great. It's great, yeah. <laughs> and it's great on its own, but it's great in the context of what it means for that character when he writes it. And it's, like, watching a person, like, first of all, you brought up Dear Evan Hansen uh, a little while right. ago. And tell me at some point while watching this film, you didn't think, man, I really want to see Andrew Garfield sing the Dear Evan Hansen soundtrack. He... <laughs> like,
1: not only is andrew garfield a great singer uh but he if interviews are to be believed he learned to sing for this movie like he studied for a year and he was not known for singing at all until he recorded this i mean
0: i mean i i i I, he has he just has that that energy and that voice that sounds like great like it's great for exactly what it's trying to do and i was just like man I just want I just want more of this soundtrack. Where is there more of it? Can I have the actual full musical that you're writing in this other story? Um, like I want the whole cinematic Jonathan Larson universe. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, I I really really enjoyed it. I thought it was a, a really fun. Like the story is interesting, even though we're we're, we're sort of we're watching shorthand of of how much this, de- this person was dedicated to the craft of what he was trying to do. You know, we catch up with him just a few weeks before he's doing this presentation. Um, you know, there's still the thing that I hate in all movies where like a character talks about how they how poor they are, but they're buying shit all the time. And yeah. you're like wondering like how they're doing it or like what they're doing at all. Um, but like, I really, really loved what was going on in just in the world and around these characters and seeing like the choices that somebody does when they're dedicated to like a craft of creating art uh, versus maintaining the relationships around them and things like that. And just how he plays of, of, of his dreams. And, and, you know, like we, we've, we've seen lots of stories uh, where a character is, working towards a performance that is going to get them in the Juilliard or whatever, Berkeley School of Music or whatever it is, right? Like like there's all these different things where you are watching a person who knows the stakes of failing and is worried about failing. And here you are watching a person who is so obsessed with the thing that they've been making, they don't even have a sense of how it could possibly not be the greatest thing that anybody else has ever heard. And it's not right. it's not cockiness in the way that you're like man Jonathan Larson was an asshole it's like genuine belief in self in a joyous way that is not like nobody else can grasp the the, the what i'm doing it's just that like everyone's going to love this right and it's like yeah. it's it's a naiveness that makes that is it, i know it makes you feel for this character automatically plus he's incredibly talented or it's like on top of that you're like you're like man this is really dope and 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 yeah i i just i just found the the journey of watching this character go through this process really really entertaining and i it's a weird construction of what we've seen like clearly like like first of all it, it's it is a baller move to get like a hardcore rejection and somebody tells you right what you know so you just rewrite the thing that you already did from a different perspective <laughs> yeah and then that becomes i mean i guess if we're doing a one more man but then show that,
1: what, what's interesting is even that doesn't become a success <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> until today <laughs> right i mean it's one of those things that because you you mentioned like uh superbia i think it was called the, yeah, is the it his, play, his writing yeah that yeah that never gets made and then tick tick boom that if in his lifetime was just performed like as a one person show and then one special music only night with the three piece or whatever yeah um i often i I found myself wondering like how do people know about these things if it was such a limited window, and an interesting thing about musicals is like. When I was in uh, you know elementary school or middle school, we perform musicals, and I know high schools and colleges do and I wonder if these things he wrote, even if they never made it to Broadway or off Broadway, if over time they have been performed in different localities and like it 's a kind of interesting thing where like you can write a thing and literally never perform it and still have it spread over time just because yeah. people will inherit it so i I wonder like how many people have seen a tick tick boom before um. Because yeah, it, yeah. it, it is interesting to me.
0: I, I, one other thing that made me really curious, too, about this whole world of theater musicals <laughs> mm-hmm. um, is that, like... So this presentation that he did is, like, essentially, like, his dissertation. But, like, yeah. it's 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 two people who could potentially produce this play that he has been working on forever. And I, and I thought about it, and I'm like, it's just so weird that, like, people would go to a room... And just watch people stand there and sing out a musical. And then I was like, wait, that's every concert you've ever gone to. Like, how (laughs) is it any different than... Like, for some reason, my brain, like, had a hard time understanding. the uh, uh, And... He did it as a one man show, which yeah. is, is like, yeah, that's once again, the same thing as going to see it. Like we, we've gone to at, at the place we we referenced below uh, your old apartment. We've gone to shows where it's just a guy and a guitar and, and yeah. you're just like, this is dope. This is the most awesome thing I've ever seen. Um, but like, <laughs> but just for some reason, it, the idea of going to a room where somebody has just finished writing a musical and a bunch of people are going to essentially do what's a table read for a script, but for... with with no stage directions or anything just sing all the songs and that you would be super up for that and i'm like i think i kind of would be up for that especially if like the music was this music that turned out to be super super awesome but yeah it's just a weird 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 industry
1: Yeah, it it makes me want to know more about the nuts and bolts of doing that. And I think that is, again, partly why Lin-Manuel Miranda wanted to tell this story, is it obviously is a very... He's one of the few people who knows exactly what it feels like to, you know, workshop a play in New York and then see if it's going to hit or not hit. Um, it, It also retroactively makes me kind of understand Dear Evan Hansen a little bit more, because one thing, when Ben Platt was cast in the movie... People shat on it, and he said something like, "You don't understand. Like this is my character. Like even before it went on Broadway, I was workshopping it, and I didn't know what that meant. Like like you were doing dress rehearsals, but now I realize like it basically means you were a founder, or right? Like you were yeah. like in when they was still a pitch, like a seed round, trying to get a musical made. Um, yeah. And it's just interesting to see how that world would would operate here and." that Jonathan Larson could, like, go through it again, you know? Like, I don't know if Tick, Tick, Boom was never meant by him to go wide and if he just wanted it to be a fun thing, but it, it, it's interesting if it takes years and years to write this stuff, how willing he was to just, like, l- kill his darlings and start again on something else. Yeah. Um. It, it seems like it would be pretty devastating. <laughs> I also
0: want to know what Sondheim thought of Tick, Tick, Boom versus the original yeah. play, because,
1: um, yeah... <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, w- I would be curious uh, if if we're meant to believe his subtle smiles in the movie i think he likes it <laughs> <laughs> no but he in the movie he was watching he was i think we also see him in the audience oh uh, yeah he
0: uh, is he is what yeah that's right
1: yeah mm. i one interesting thing to me was watching this movie not long after watching eyes of tammy faye because in I think a lot of people are surprised to learn that Jonathan Larson um, is straight or at least like didn't identify as a gay man uh, because, you know, there's an attitude, you know, not only is he like writing very much about like uh, the LGBT issues in New York, he is also seen as being very like physically, physically affectionate with men in this movie. And he's very kind of he's he's signaling all these things that (laughs) Watching it after Andrew Garfield played a closeted um, evangelical <laughs> yeah. pastor, it, it was interesting seeing, like, the subtle... What, he he tweaks it. Like, he tweaks it, where with Jonathan Larson, you believe this is a person who is, like, completely comfortable in his skin, and he just is who he is, and he exudes it. Yeah. Um, but it, it was just interesting to me how, like, just, like, subtle shifts in how you play that makes it go from someone who is being... Um, fake and manufactured into someone who is being authentic even though as an actor you are always being inauthentic but it i don't know i i had fun yeah. thinking about that combo also have you heard andrew garfield's speaking voice uh i in one interview a long time ago but i always forget what it is <laughs> he has like to my memory he has like a thick scottish brogue <laughs> <And> it, um, <laughs> it really surprises me when you hear him singing in something like this
0: yeah it is funny too like you you, earlier you were mentioning how like he had never really sang at all before this film and it's just like if you want to make a movie you could literally just cast anybody and you throw enough money at the problem and you will turn that person into whatever they need to be to make that movie Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know what i mean like it's just it's just crazy that that like that you can just do that it, it's still it,
1: it also i i have to say and this is diverting a bit from the review but i was the same exact thing happened with dear evan hansen by the way i was like listening to the soundtrack and then i would listen to the original broadway version um and in this case i would listen to the soundtrack to the movie tick tick boom and then i would toggle back to the three-person performance of it that it was recorded in like 2001 or something and Without fail, the film versions sound better, and it kind of broke my heart to realize probably Pitch Correction had just gotten better, (laughs) Um, and I had this moment of realizing probably everything I've listened to in the last, like, 15 years that isn't some, like, whatever, like, lo-fi indie band or something has Pitch Correction, and... That shouldn't take away from the achievement. Like, you can't make someone who can't sing sound like they can. But it is interesting how, like, you can chip away and make it be just, like, a little more perfect than any, you know, YouTube video ever is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that was the little little journey that I went on because I was was thinking too with um, Dear Evan Hansen because I've seen Ben Platt perform on late night shows and like he sounds good but he never sounds anywhere near as good as like (laughs) when you have him in a studio and it can't all just be like compression mics and stuff I feel like someone is nudging
0: <laughs> but also you do the performance you do the performance right like it's everything for that day when you do it yeah. for the for the studio version like it might be a thousand takes of just That's that true. one verse
1: right until you hit it exactly the way you want it to be yeah. over and over and over until you get it right it's a reference to one of the songs here um <laughs> i did you, you mentioned the the pivotal song that he waits until the night before to write um I did really like a touch that, to my knowledge, is only Lin-Manuel Miranda's touch, which was using the construct of this turducken to turn that solo into a duet. I thought that was uh, really like, nicely done. I, I enjoyed that. It's good. I also was thinking a little bit about... I think if you wanted to be reductive, you could say this is a movie about a man realizing that his artistic endeavors are more important than everything else in his life. Um, (laughs) Like literally you have characters who are dealing with horrific things saying to him like, no, I wasn't talented, but you are talented. You have to finish this. And I was trying to figure out why it doesn't bother me, like why it doesn't feel arrogant. And I think it's because the framing of the one man show, which is why my second watch was so critical. (laughs) Uh, to getting it right makes it clear that he is a jonathan larson is like a self-deprecating person like a, lo- a lot of this musical is framed in a way that it is like laughing at his own anxiety and his own self-importance and everything and there's just something about that that like it like makes it okay it's like even his arrogance doesn't feel like arrogance it, like to your point it just feels like someone who's like yeah i'm incredibly good at this and i'm also (laughs) a fucking horrible boyfriend
0: (laughs) yeah which is it it is the one thing that did confuse me is there's definitely like in one of the songs he's singing about the ring he gave her but like Mm -hmm. it seems like we never see that conversation we just yeah see this aftermath song
1: yeah i suspect that the original one-man show didn't as neatly fit into Jonathan Larson's life as the movie makes it look. And so some of the songs might reference things that don't completely fit. That's the only explanation I have is like, maybe, maybe in his one man show, that therapy song doesn't have anything to do with an argument he and his girlfriend had before writing the play. You know, maybe it's just a one-off that Lynn or the person who adapted it into a three person or whatever, decided to, uh, decided to tweak.
0: Yeah, I, I will say, if you're trying to test your partner, <laughs> just just ask for the thing that you want to ask. Don't don't try to set up this like because it's funny because because that that song, the the is it better to be caged or fly? Um, ask right. the birds. Like yeah, you can apply that onto their situations in multiple different ways, right? Like if he were to ask her to stay. Would it be preventing her from a really good career that she wants to go off and get? But like, if she wants that as the end result, <laughs> then, yeah. then like you're setting up a scenario for which a person has to be like, if you were trying to make me not have my dream, I wouldn't want you to stop me. So why would I stop you? But I don't. Know, right. it, just, it seems like sometimes people put themselves in situations where like they're creating a test, which is testing for the wrong thing. <laughs> Yeah, this is, this is my no, advice. No, I mean I think
1: <laughs> for people in yeah. general. No, <laughs> I, I think that's his advice too. At the, at the end of the movie, is like, hey, look, there are reasons that you just aren't right for each other because you both want different things, and that's fine. Just like yeah. accept it and be happy. Also, I but, just want to say,
0: sit in the damn seat, <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> and that's all I'll say. <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely. I, there's a part of my personality that goes like 110% into anything. If I decide I'm going to do it, like I'm going to write this thing or I'm going to do this review or I'm going to watch every single movie at Cannes or whatever. Yeah. Um, And I definitely... A little bit of the asshole tendencies of Jonathan Larson in this movie resonated with me of like, <laughs> oh, I could easily become that person who just like of like avoids all personal social responsibilities because i think it's the most important thing in the world that i have to like finish this arbitrary goal i set for myself yeah so i yeah it, it resonated but <laughs> hey it worked out for him <laughs> <laughs> guess it depends on how you're you're uh gauging it yeah uh all right well uh any last thoughts on this film steven um step aside bo burnham there's a new person singing about turning 30 as if it were a big deal (laughs) (laughs) that means the end of your life in 2021 you know what's funny is uh i
0: (laughs) i don't know if it primed me for it or not but i i wasn't ready to start this movie yet but i had opened up netflix and i just watched like not the newest bo burnham special but the previous special uh, Mm -hmm. and i just like i watched that right before sitting down to actually watch this one (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's funny. So, I literally did move Bo Burnham over <laughs> so <laughs> that I could watch Jonathan Larson. Nice. <laughs> All right. Well, let's go ahead and get to verdict, Stephen. If you were going to give us a must see, record with a caveat, wait for rental, pass of the caveat or must avoid, what would you give it?
1: This is uh, another one of the failures of our rating system because I feel like, on the one hand, I can't give it a must-see when I literally didn't like it the first time I watched it. <laughs> and, like, my Letterboxd rating, though, it maybe will inflate over time as the songs keep getting burrowed in my head, was, like, similar to Last Night in Soho. But I also feel like I've been only praising it for the last, like, half hour, and so I must have really liked it. I don't... I'll I'll give it a... I'm I'm gonna call it a must see in terms of my personal enjoyment of <laughs> must seeing see Andrew Garfield. Yeah, must see twice. Um, <laughs> my personal enjoyment of you know seeing Andrew Garfield in this role and of having the songs work on me and just get, getting in a musical mindset, basically that that is really what the movie did for me. In reality, I have caveats. I I do think if you only look at the innermost story here and not the whole turducken much like rent and in the heights and other things it is like a little simplistic a little bit too here are things you should definitely care about don't you feel emotional right now because you've learned it is very hard on your sleeve and i think you could criticize it for that but the turducken worked on me at least in round two and i think i think it will work on you too
0: uh yeah I, i'm gonna give it a must see um i only watched it once uh but i thought it was great um i only watched it last night but i definitely was listening to the soundtrack a lot today while i was working mm. um and including repeating a few of those songs just like a, <laughs> a bunch of times in a row yeah um but yeah i i thought it was a a huge surprise i was expecting nothing and uh what i got was just a really good good time and great music um so this is netflix it costs you nothing uh assuming you have netflix which you all do if you're listening if you're listening to this and you don't have
1: netflix i want to hear from you um but i'm pretty sure everybody <laughs> listening to this has netflix yeah um, i do i i wonder so you've been listening to the soundtrack i wonder if your experience will be like mine where i i listened to the soundtrack a little bit before rewatching it with joanna and something about having the song play while I was watching Andrew Garfield supposedly performing in a stage made them a lot better. Like I enjoyed it in the context of the movie more than just as a song. And I don't know why that trick works. I, w- I wonder if you'll find if you like open up Netflix and watch the song again, if it like swells more for you. Hmm. I mean, some of them like come to your senses are just fucking great no matter what. But... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um,
0: yeah, I don't know. I, because there's definitely something about his animatedness as he performs mm-hmm. um that really brings out the the emotion or the fun or the zaniness of whatever he's actively singing about like like one of the reasons why i love that that one argument song is the performance of them like just right like they do this jittery like i am like steam is about to come out of my head like while singing like they're almost laughing while singing it but they're pretending to be super angry and they're like making these like wild gestures and it's just it's so fun um that i yeah that that like it just it really sucked me in plus it does the thing that i say every time we talk about musicals where it's like two people singing their own song yep while the other like doing their own like oh it just it always works it's so great i love always. it every time I,
1: I, that the moment that song played even the first time around when i was not vibing i should say like even when i was not vibing hard on this i think i gave it three stars out of five so it, it isn't like i hated it the first time <laughs> or anything um but when that one came on i was like oh chris is gonna like this song <laughs>
0: Oh, man.
1: So good. <laughs> yep. Vanessa Hudgens in this movie is just like a a ball of joy the whole time. Like, she always has that, like, smile she can't suppress in those performances. It's, uh, yeah, yeah.
0: it's very charming. It's like somebody who's, like, super stoked about, like, whatever he's going to turn up next and just being able to perform it, which, it, which is, is cool.
1: Yeah. And and that, that was one thing that I didn't understand the first time around because I missed a framing device is I was, like okay so these people like she was at his party in the story he's telling and she's also performing as the part of susan in the story he's telling but she's on the stage with him and in my head i was like is lin-manuel miranda doing some meta thing of like this is inspired by this person and and then i realized like watching it the second time oh no, he just has a very small group of like theater people friends and this is literally supposed to be those same people sticking with him for years and like performing with him and i found that much more charming it makes it like the theater as like the kind of gang of misfits who just help each other out and like keep doing these one-offs together
0: and i think too going going back to something you said earlier you were talking about like kind of like something was like a little bit bothering you about how it's like All these other people are going through stuff and they're telling him, you really got to finish it because you're awesome. Um, In a way, it kind of makes sense, right? Because they all are essentially starving artists, right? There are all a bunch of people who have been trying to make it and none of them make it. Like, I mean, except for the one guy went and got himself a dope job because he was like, fuck it. I'm not going to deal with this stuff anymore. But like everybody hasn't been able to achieve in this space and they see him as like, if any of us can do it, it's you like don't fucking waste your opportunity (laughs) because somebody's gotta do something which is also hilarious that he sings the one song about like how his buddy can't sing (laughs) but I told him Mm -hmm. it didn't matter yeah Uh, there's so much greatness in this film (laughs) yeah alright well anyways that's gonna do it for this review of Tick Tick Boom Stephen Miller people want to find you throughout the week where can they do that
1: uh, people can find me at twitter.com slash sdavidmiller or sdavidmiller.com
0: people can find me at christopherinreallife.com or twitter.com slash christopherirl you can find the podcast over at the dot where you can get a bunch of the back episodes of the show If you want to subscribe to the show, you can do so on Overcast, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever podcasts are found. If you want to know the episodes go live, you can follow us at twitter.com slash warning, facebook.com slash warning, or instagram.com slash warning. If you want to get a hold of us directly, you can send an email to fans at thespoilerwarning.com, or you can use the contact form on our site. Music for this episode will come from the soundtrack to Tick Tick Boom, so hopefully you are enjoying that. And uh, yeah, that's it for this week. We're done. We made it and uh we'll see you in the near future with more reviews
1: <laughs> bye yep Bye. <laughs>